Today's episode is sponsored by ChrisTaylorRacing.com. Welcome to Driven to Compete. I'm Kerry Rouse, and I travel to racetracks around the U.S., where I interview members of the racing community and share their stories as a form of inspiration for our community. I'm here today with Connor Zilich, and Connor is, well, I know Connor as a spec Miata racer, although I, I, I imagine he does more than that, possibly, but uh, he is on um, races with a team that I'm familiar with because I race B-Spec in the SCCA, and I know that Connor races in the SCCA, but uh, it was, uh, I think it was stephanie that yep. suggested that i speak with you and she had really good things to say about you and thought you were an awesome guy and a great driver so tell me about what is happening in your world right now related to racing because i know you're super busy but i want to hear all about it yeah my schedule um with what i do i race a bunch of different series um spec me out is actually something that i go do for fun on on weekends that i don't have any of my major professional um, professional series. Um, so yeah, I, I find myself in the SCCA paddock quite a bit and I always enjoy going back there. It's the most family-like atmosphere there is in racing, which is, um, always nice to, to spend time in that kind of atmosphere and, and enjoy those people. Um, all the older guys that, um, relatively older guys and inspect me out of that I race against most of the, uh, other series that I race are kids like me or, or of, of close to my age. Um, they're trying to, to make a career out of racing as well. So, um, it's more competitive. Um, I'd still say SCCA is super competitive, but um, there's a lot more um, head-to-head battles and, and rivalries in the professional series that I raced against. But right now, um, I am, uh, I'm at home, actually. Uh, I'm never really at home, but um, today I'm at home. Um, my day kind of consists, depends. Um, from day to day, I have meetings and, and workouts. I'm a Chevrolet junior driver, um, and that's more on the oval side of things. So um, I've been racing ovals this year and last year. Um, at the end of last year, I started it. Uh, I kind of want to try and make a, a charge for NASCAR. Um, there's a lot more money in the NASCAR world and a lot more opportunities over there. Um, not to say there isn't in the sports car world or open wheel, open wheel side of things, but um, you know, I've been introduced to a lot of people that have kind of shifted my direction on where I want to go and where I want to race. So um, that's kind of opened up my eyes. And um, Chevrolet has uh, taken an interest in me and they've helped me. Um, get my feet wet in it, racing late models, um, and just kind of local series. I don't know if you've heard the Cars Tour. It's owned by uh, Dale Earnhardt Jr., Kevin Harvick, um, a bunch of big names. Um, they they got together to buy this series. It's a touring series through North Carolina, Virginia, South Carolina. So um, this year I'm competing in that. That's in a late model, 500 horsepower, um, tube frame car. So um, that's a lot of the weekends I'm doing this year. That's 20 of them. I also race in the Mazda MX-5 Cup, which is with IMSA. So that's kind of keeping my doors open to the to the sports car world and keeps me in that paddock. And um, as long as I keep doing well in that, I'll, I'll keep racing that. Um, and then I also race in the Trans Am TA2 series. Um, and that's another stock car, but on a road course. So um, that's, that's where I have a lot of my fun. Um, those cars are really awesome. 500 horsepower, um, relatively low weight. Um, super nimble, um, high-speed cars. So um, that's that's really what takes up a lot of my time, but um, it keeps me busy, but uh, it's what I love to do. So um, I'm enjoying every second of it. 
Cool, man. So where, where do you live at? I live in Mooresville, North Carolina. So just north of Charlotte, oh, so race country. Yeah, I know. It's, I, I was through there and I got to interview uh, a couple of people when I was yeah. there. I was up at the IR. Um, and then, and how old are you? 16. So 16. Yep. Oh yeah. God, I've been racing. That's awesome. I've been racing for almost 12 years now. Um, just about 12 years. Um, I started racing go-karts when I was four. So it's been as much of my life as I can remember. So, so talk, talk through that for people, uh, who may have kids that are possibly mm-hmm. wanting to start. Um, how does that look? Uh, maybe a little bit about where they should go, maybe a little bit about cost. Yeah. And stuff like yeah. That. Um, for me, it started out as a hobby. Um, I have two older brothers. My dad was always a gearhead. Um, he always liked cars. He tracked his cars. He would take them to track day events, VIR, Red Atlanta, tracks nearby. And, and, and obviously I have two older brothers. So my mom would get left at home with the, the three of us and three young boys isn't the easiest with just being a, a mom. And she also works a job. So, um, when my dad would go off on the weekends and drive his car by himself, my mom would, um, get mad. And then one time it went over the tipping point and my dad sold his race car and bought us all three go-karts. Um, so that way he could take us on the weekends to the track and still get his fulfillment of, uh, racing. He got himself a go-kart. So we'd all go out there and kind of just enjoy the time together, spend time together and, uh, get to race go-karts. So it started out as just like a, a hobby. Um, we bought four go-karts. My dad thought this can't be too expensive. Um, and then obviously now I'm here, which is not what I was expecting 12 years ago when I started, but, um, here I am. And, uh, it kind of just, yeah, it started out as, as nothing. And, uh, when a year went out, we started as just practice days. And then we thought, oh, we might as well just go do a race, um, did a race. And then that ended up getting bored of that track. So we had to go to a different track. And then um, it kind of just snowballed. And uh, um, it turned into something that I was not expecting it to turn into. And my dad definitely wasn't either. And his wallet doesn't appreciate it either. But, um, you know, just the appreciation for it and the people we've met and the lessons I've learned, um, it's all been well worth it. And, uh yeah, obviously I've enjoyed every second of it and, um, I'm hoping to make a career out of it too. So when did you first actually start actual racing? Go-karts? Yeah. So I started, you I know? started driving when I was four and a half and I did my first race when I was five. Um, so I spent a, a good bit of time just going out there and, and learning obviously as a four and a half year old, you're not computing as much. I mean, you can't take as much in and driving a cart at four and a half, um, barely seems possible to me looking back on it. But, uh, Everyone always tells me that I, the second I got in it, I looked like a natural. So um, there is a sense of natural talent to it. And uh, obviously a lot can be learned, but um, I'm sure anyone who's in the, in the sport will tell you that um, it's easy or it's not easy, but it takes a lot of work to get to 99%. But um, some people just have something extra and uh, that's kind of what everyone says they see in me. So um, yeah, I've been fortunate and uh, very lucky to be where I am. So what was your first opportunity to get on a track in a car? Um, it was, I think I was 11 years old. It wasn't even in a real race car. Um, we were at CMP and I think my dad or someone had rented back and uh, CMP is a smaller, a smaller track. Um, and someone had rented the track. And when you rent the track, you're able to, to put anyone on the track that you want. So my dad had his Mustang GC350. It was a manual and, uh, I was 11 years old and, um, I didn't, I mean, I had learned how to drive a manual. My mom's Mazda Miata. She actually owned a, a Miata, um, an ND. And I went to a church parking lot and practiced how to, how to drive a manual there and, um, went to the track and 
that was my first ever experience in a car. Um, I wouldn't really call it a race car, but um, that was my first experience in a car. But um, my first experience in a race car um, was my brother's Miata. So my brother, he's 24. I'm 16. Um, he raced go-karts with me. He wasn't, um, he, he didn't get the same opportunity as me. He obviously started later at the same time as I did, but he was eight years older. So, um, mm-hmm. he ended up when he turned 18, he went to college, but, um, he did have a spec Miata that he raced from time to time. And that was my first experience in a car as well. Um, so that was kind of like a hand-me-down car that he raced and then it kind of turned into mine and it was actually mine. I actually wrecked it at VIR at the last super tour race, um, just two or three weeks ago, but that was the same exact car that he started in. And I've been making it work until, until two or three weeks ago. And now it's, uh, now it's going to be sitting in the junkyard. But, um, so that was, that's kind of how I got my, my start into the SCCA world was through my brother. That's interesting. Cause, um, I knew that you had read, yeah. but cause I'd been talking yeah. to Stephanie yeah. and she talked to your dad and you're like, yeah, let's see if we can get you guys together. Yeah. And then I come and you guys are yeah. gone. Yeah, and I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, hopefully no problems for you, for, yeah, for I was, you physically. I was okay, thankfully. That, yeah. She said that you, it was big. you did a job. It was on big. That. Yeah. It was probably the biggest hit. Where, I've ever where, taken. So, tell, tell me about it. What uh, happened? So it was raining um, and it was qualifying and I was on what I thought was a fast lap and um, going down the back straightaway uh, downpour Um, We're on rain tires, but as soon as I got on the brake pedal, I locked up all four. And um, obviously at roller coaster, after the back straight, kind of bends left in the brake zone. So if you're locked up, you're trying to turn, you're not going to turn at all. Um, So I locked up and uh, just went straight. And they have that new wall that they put there, and I just T-boned it. Um, So that was was tough. That was my first big wreck in in a while since I think Watkins Glen last year. Um, Knock on wood hopefully the last of this year, but, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it happens to the best of us. So, um, live and learn. Yeah. Well, that's too bad that you, that was your original Miata. Yeah. So you'll yeah. have to, are you already planning on something yeah, else? We, or we're going to take a bunch of the parts from it. Um, that's still salvageable and, and put it on a different tub and, uh, we'll be back sometime this year. I want to race runoffs. I'm pretty sure I have a weekend off there. Um, so hopefully we can get enough majors races in to, to go to the runoffs and, try and compete for that because that one slipped out of my fingers last year so hopefully i can get some redemption there so uh so i mean what happened last year uh similar (laughs) thing actually um it was except we were on slicks and it was mixed conditions um raining some laps dry some others and it was we had a green white checkered and i was leading and i got a really good start and i probably got out by a half a second or a second and uh, on the white flag lap going into turn one the lap before it was completely dry into turn one and I went in there this, the next lap and obviously I'm the leader. So there's no one in front of me to reference off of. And I just got in a, a little bit too deep and um, I got a little bit loose and put two wheels off. And at VIR, when the grass is wet, um, you get sucked off. And uh, as soon as I got in the grass, I was done for and, um, slowly, slowly, slowly drove off. And I think I just nudged the wall, but um, by then my race was already over. So uh, that was a tough one to, to swallow, especially because that was right after I just lost the MX-5 Cup Championship on the last lap at, at Road Atlanta, um, which was two tough, tough breaks in one week. Wow, that is tough, man. Yeah. So what, what happened in Atlanta? Um, so it was the MX-5 Cup Championship, which uh, is with IMSA 
and I won the scholarship to race that all last year. So that was my number one priority of that, of that season, the 2022 season. Um, and the first half of the year, I didn't really have that good of a, a good, of, good, of, that good of a start to the season. I think I was eighth in points after the first three weekends. It's a seven weekend series. Um, so I wasn't doing very good. And then um, the last six races of the year, I think I won leading up to the leading up to the last race of the year. I had won four of the last five and I was second in the championship going into the last race of the year. Um, all I had to do was beat Jared Thomas um, or win the race, whatever, whatever worked. Um, and I had to beat him by three spots. I think if we both finished outside the top five and I was running fifth on the last lap and he actually had an incident that put him back to 20th or so early on in the race. And he had gotten himself back up into 11th um, on the last lap. And I was running fifth on the last lap and I was in the, the lead pack. Um, and they're on the radio telling me, just bring it home. You'll be good. Um, Cause I had a six, six position advantage. All I had to do was beat him by um, three spots. I think it was. So um, I gave up a spot, fell to the back of the lead pack um, I was running sixth. He was 11th on the last lap. Um, he made up two spots on the last lap and he finished ninth. I finished sixth, which was still enough. I only had to beat him by two, I think. Um, so I had beat, I had him by two spots. He finished ninth. I was sixth. And uh, after the race, they penalized the guy in seventh and that put that guy oh. back to like 25th. So he got the spot off the penalty after the race and uh, won the championship that way. And um, oh my the championship... God was $250,000 and Mazda pays cash. So it's not like a scholarship to take to the next level. Um, they give cash prizes out. So the, the championship winner got 250,000 and second place got 85. So that was like a $165,000 difference um, oh just by my. that one spot. And then that was, that was I think, Friday. And then um, Virginia was Saturday. So um, it was two days in a row pretty big heartbreak so that was a tough tough weekend oh my gosh man so that yeah heartbreak so tell me what races have you done that were just like super memorable you never forget there was some of your best race ever um karting um going back to karting um what kind of was my turning point in my career um i was it was 2017 um i was doing well in karting and i won a championship that gave me the opportunity to race in italy um, they give you a ticket, and it's the World Championships in Italy, um, biggest race of the year by far. Um, there was 164 other kids in my class from, I think, 32 countries. And it's in Italy, and nobody except for Logan Sargent, who's the F1 driver, had ever won this race before um, as an American. So um, they don't really expect people to go over there and do that well. And uh, I went over there and actually ended up winning um, in my class, which was um, – <laughs> one of the biggest moments in my career still to this day. Um, Cause it was just so unexpected really. Um, I was good in go-karting at that point and I had won races in America, but um, it's really rare to see someone go over there and succeed at, at that level. So um, it was a surprise to me. I went there with the goal of finishing in like the top 30, making the final cause only 34 actually make the main a, a feature um, out of the 164 mm -hmm. in my class. So I went there with the goal of making the, the A, being in the top 34 and ended up winning. So um, after that, I had just, it kind of put a mindset in me that I was the best. And um, and, and that, that's important in racing. You don't want to be, you don't want to get a big ego and get a big head, but um, you got to have confidence in yourself. So um, that was a really big, big moment for me. Um, my dad, my mom and dad were there. So um, it was just super special. And um still I'll, I'll remember that 
I'll always remember that. Yeah, that's fantastic. Are your are your other brothers still racing or not? No, I, my middle brother quit after a year or so in karting. He didn't really like it. Um, he was a football player going through high school and middle school. So um, he started it with us, but didn't really enjoy it like me and my oldest brother did. But my oldest brother went off to college and um, kind of just stopped racing. He still is, um, he wants to work in the sport. So he's, he's going to the NASCAR Technical Institute right now, which is kind of like a, um, a school for um, anyone that wants to work in the NASCAR industry. So he's going to that right now. Um, he, uh, he really enjoys it. So maybe one day he'll be working for my race team or, or something along the lines of that. But um, he doesn't race anymore, but um, he still wants to be in, involved in the motorsport. Awesome. Um, so the, the thing I was going to ask you, your brother going to that NASCAR school and everything like that, yeah. Do you ever work on your own cars or you just focus on the driving mainly? Um, I don't physically work on the cars. So all the series that I race, I have um, crew chiefs, mechanics, all that. But one thing that I am interested in is engineering. Um, so the engineering side of it, um, looking at data, understanding how the shocks are moving, um, how the car is moving, ride heights, all that. Um, I work closely with all my engineers um, and that kind of separates me from other drivers, other drivers, can have a good feeling on what to do on what the car is doing and tell them what the car is doing. But I like to understand more so what, what the car is doing and how that relates to, to um, certain parts inside the car and how they are moving um, and how we can change them. So I'm actually really good with the data. Um, I can look at data really closely and actually my, my first win in CA2 um, we didn't have my engineer there that weekend. So I was kind of the interim engineer and did all the data that weekend. Um, and that was the weekend we won. So, um, I'll take a little bit of credit for that, but, um, <laughs> so not to answer your question, I don't physically work on the cars, but I am more involved than, um, a lot of other drivers could be. Um, I just enjoy that side of it and, and understanding what the car is doing. I feel like it helps me as a driver, um, knowing those things. So how'd you do with the oval racing that you've been doing? Um, it's been good. Um, I've done, I think 12, I think this past weekend was my, uh, my 12th, um, race in, in a late model. And, uh, I've won, I think four. So that's a pretty good win percentage for someone that comes from road racing and, uh, oval racing is difficult. It might look easy and, um, just two corners per track. And, um, but there's a lot that goes into it. The restarts are a lot tougher, a lot closer racing. You're always side by side with someone. Um, you also have a spotter in your ear. So, um, if you're not really looking in your mirrors at all, you're just kind of relying on your ears and listening to, to what your spotter is telling you. So it's a lot of, um, it's a lot of the same concepts, but, um, there's also a lot of different variables involved in it too. So learning that's been tricky. Um, but I think I've adapted to it pretty well and, um, I've enjoyed it a lot. Um, I always enjoy trying new things and, um, racing on dirt. Um, I raced the Baja 500 last year, which was, um, completely opposite to anything I've ever done. Um, but yeah, those, those kinds of things are, are what intrigue me and, and keep me interested in the sport. So, um, I love the opportunities that I get when, when I can try something new and oval racing has definitely been one of those. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. 
Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Cool. So when you did the Baja, what'd you race in? Um, it was it was the it was kind of an arrive and drive thing. Me and three of my 16-year-old friends all went to Ensenada, Mexico together and uh, raced that. It was an arrive and drive series um, or class in the Baja 500. So um, our goal was just to finish it. And we did. Um, we took 18, I think over just a little bit over 18 hours to finish it. So I was in, I was in the closing stint, me and my, me and my one friend. Um, we got in the car at 7.30 right as the sun was setting. And we drove all the way till 4 a.m., um, and, and finished right around 4 a.m. So all the way through the night, um, racing through the middle of nowhere, Mexico, um, through the dirt, gravel. Um, but it was it was the toughest thing I've ever experienced. And in the moment, I hated it. But looking back on it, I'd love to go do it again. Um, it was just such a cool experience for me and uh, me and my friends to, to go there and be four 16-year-olds to complete the Baja 500 was pretty awesome. So, um, yeah, that that's the stuff that I love to do, just trying stuff – trying new things and um keeping myself sharp um that's that's what keeps me intrigued in it well what um the the other three drivers with you are they all racers in some of the same um classes you are or yep yep so all three of them actually um were go-karting friends of mine and we all went into scca we've all raced spec miata um so we were all we've all been friends for a long time now and uh all of our dads get along really well so it made for a fun trip seven days in Mexico. Um, so it was, it was, it was a lot of fun. I mean, one of the most fun weeks I've ever had in my life. So, um, looking back on it, it was, it was real. And in the moment it was horrible because you're in the car from seven thirty to 4am you're freezing. Um, I mean, it tested my mental strength for sure, but once you're in it, there's no getting out of it. I mean, you can't just stop and, and get out of the car. I mean, you're, you're in the middle of nowhere, so you got to keep going, which was <laughs> difficult, but um it was it was a really really cool experience cool what about something like uh pike's peak that'd be cool i that's one thing i've always looked looked at and, and i wanted to do um that's another thing that that definitely interests me um i've never had the opportunity to do it but um if it if if the opportunity arose i would definitely take that got that's it cool and i know you're doing the oval maybe getting getting ready to kind of approach uh nascar mm-hmm how do you think that looks for you maybe in a couple of years from now? Um, yeah. So obviously NASCAR has um, some feeder series, um, ARCA trucks, Xfinity, and then that leads to cup, which is the highest level of NASCAR. Um, and it's uh, difficult to say the least um, to get yourself in the door in this anywhere in the sport, really um, the highest levels of racing coming from, um, someone that might not have as much money as, as your competition. Um, it's tough to make it on talent nowadays. Maybe 20 years ago, it was a bit easier. Um, but nowadays you go to a team and you ask them to race and, um, they don't even care who you are or what you've done. And they just ask how big your checkbook is. And, um, Mm -hmm. I mean, to run a season of Xfinity with one of the top teams, you're looking at five and a half, six million dollars, um, for 30 a year. Um, and as someone who doesn't have, I mean, I have, been very fortunate for every opportunity I've been given from my family, but, um, unfortunately I don't have that amount of money. So, um, finding opportunities is tough. And, um, I'm actually going to be doing one ARCA race this year at the end of the year, um, at Watkins Glen, um, which is 
one that I need to do really well in, and it'll be important to do well there um, to get my name out there and put myself on people's radar. Uh, but even then, um, there's guys out there that, that win races and still don't have full-time rides, still don't have the opportunity um, to go out there and, and show their talent. Um, so a lot of stars have to align and a lot of things have to go right uh, to, to get that opportunity. But uh, I've been trying to, to put myself in the right spot everywhere I've been and um, working with the right people to, to get those opportunities. And um, it's been going well for me so far, but um, I'd say the next two, three years are question mark, just depending on how well I do um, this year, next year um, with the opportunities that I have. So just making the most of every opportunity is what's important. And uh, obviously having fun is, is, is most important, but um, finishing well and, and winning races cures, cures a lot of problems. So um, that's really my goal for, for this year. And um, whatever opportunities come to me, I'll take. So and with that said, though, I mean, ideally, you would like to, you probably would get a sponsorship or sponsors that would yeah. help you get out there and do this thing. And, yeah. you know, they, they could ride your coattails mm -hmm. uh, and, and get their word out for their their business and you can get to drive, um, drive and win. Yeah, that's the goal. Um, it's tough to get sponsorship of that amount. Um, obviously you can get a little bit, but little by little and, um, but, uh, it's tough. Um, the sponsorship world trying to convince a business that, that you want five, five, six million dollars and there's ROI in that it's tough to, to, um, make it worth their while, but, um, it's possible. And, uh, I'm trying, trying everything I can to, to make it work. Cool. Um, so I imagine that you have probably raced at a ton of different tracks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, is there any bucket list ones you have not been to? Ooh. Um, in America, I don't, I don't know if there's any in America that I haven't been to that I really want to go to. Um, yeah. I've been to, I mean, a lot of the places in America that, um, that they race at. Um, but if I were to say one, um, worldwide, um, I've always wanted to race at Monza. That looks really, really cool. Um, in Italy. Um, whew. uh, no, it's another one, Portugal, Portimao, Portimao, where the F1 F1 race is at. That track looks awesome. I went there for the F1 race actually in 2020 and mm -hmm. I've always wanted to go back and race there myself in a car. So, um, probably Monza and Portimao, are two tracks that I want to hit before, before my career is over. So what about the tracks you have been to that are your favorite? Um, that's a good one. Um, in go-karting, there's a track in Finland. Um, it's called Alaharma. Uh, it's a small town in Finland, but that place is really, really cool. It's in an amusement park. It's, we raced the world championships there in 2019. Um, but that place was awesome elevation. Um, the facility was amazing. Finland was an awesome country. Um, so that was one track that I really liked in go-karts that, um, I'd love to get the chance to go back to just to see it again. Um, and cars, I would say Barber has got to be one of my favorites in Alabama. Barber was an awesome track. Um, I really like Watkins Glen as well. Watkins Glen was really cool. I got to race there in MX5 Cup and Trans Am, and I'll be back there twice again this year. So um, I'm looking forward to that. Um, but those two are, are two of my favorites here in America. 
Um, also Laguna Seca can't leave Laguna Seca out. That place is cool. And I'll be going back there in two weeks for the MX five cup. So, um, those are my top three probably, um, in America. So what, what, what feature is really the thing that kind of about all those tracks that you just, you just love? Um, Watkins Glen is so high grip and it's so flowy. There's no really low speed corners. Um, it's keeping momentum up. Um, all high-speed corners, so I like that about Watkins Glen, and that's kind of a similar, um, similar thing to, to Barber. Barber's really high grip, um, high-speed S's. Um, there's a few low-speed corners at Barber, but um, it just flows really well. And then Laguna Seca's, it's all flow um, down through the S's, the elevation, um, the views. Everything about that place is just beautiful, and uh, the track race as well. Um, but yeah, those those three are just special in their own ways the elevation grip levels um the way they flow everything about them makes them special but um i really like all three of those what's been your favorite outside of the u.s other than the go-kart track um i haven't raced any cars outside of the u.s um so if you were talking about car tracks i don't I've, i couldn't even answer yep. that um <laughs> but there's a lot of go-kart tracks in europe that are really cool um finland portugal i actually race in portugal um, at the Portimao track, but the go-kart track, um, that track was really cool. We raced the world championship there in 2020. Um, so that, that was a really cool track that, that I want to go back to. Um, but yeah, all, all the tracks in Europe are, are really cool. They do a good job over there. And obviously karting is a lot bigger over there. Um, yeah. cause they don't really have the dirt racing and the oval racing. So everyone who wants to be in motorsports races go-karts, which, um, yeah. makes it a, a bigger, um, a bigger crowd of people. So how have you done in some of those um, world championships for karting? Um, I've been pretty successful, relatively speaking, to, to most Americans that go over there. Um, I was obviously the second American to ever um, win the first world championship that I won in Italy at in 2017 behind Logan Sargent. Um, and then I also won another championship over there called the FIA Karting Academy, which was a series where they take one driver from 50 different countries and they put them all into this one series in Europe. And we race with the FIA, which is the biggest sanctioning body for karting and even cars over there. Um, so it's the FIA karting Academy trophy. And, uh, I won that championship. It was a three race championship. Um, so it was me and I think 40 some odd other kids from, from 40 some odd different countries. And, uh, I was the first American to win that. Um, it's been won by Charles Leclerc um, back in 2011. So um, adding my name to, to a list with his on it was pretty cool. Um, and uh, that was probably one of the bigger championships I won over there. I won a few races here and there. Um, but those the World Championship and, and the Academy Trophy were my two biggest um, accomplishments while I was over there. Now, are you still karting? Uh, every once in a while. Um, not Not much. Maybe two, three races a year. Um, from where it used to be, where I was every weekend, I was karting. Um, so it's changed a little bit, but, um, when I have an off weekend and there's a big go-kart race, uh, generally I'll go and run it just for fun. Um, last year, I think I did three races this year. I might do another three. Um, it really just depends on, on schedules and how they line up. Yeah. So I have to ask, you know, you're 16, um, you got all this stuff going on, you're flying all over the world and all over the U S how do you how do you deal with like schoolwork and things like that? 
Yeah, so I'm actually online schooled. Um, I've been online schooled since eighth grade. I'm in 11th grade now, so I'm a junior in high school. Um, it's my fourth year doing it. Um, in seventh grade, I was in public school. And that was kind of when I was starting starting to venture over to Europe. And um, I'd be gone for two weeks, three weeks at a time. And I'd come home and uh, my teachers would give me packets, inches thick of, of paperwork. Um, and that's kind of when I realized that that going to public school and living the normal life of a normal kid wasn't exactly for me. And uh, it was time to make a change. So I switched to online school. Um, so all my work is virtual. I do it at my own pace. I can fall back a week or get two weeks ahead. Um, and, and really, there's just a lot more flexibility to it. It cuts out a lot of the extra time, extra work, waiting for other kids to finish theirs, recess, lunch. Um, it just cuts out all the extra time that you may spend in a normal school and allows me to do the work at my own pace and, and get it done quickly. Um, so that way I have time to do the things that, that I love. And you said you, you, you have a, a, a training regimen? Um, I do work out. So uh, I, uh, I spend a lot of time working on myself mentally, physically. Um, I work out um, every Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday, and then Tuesdays. Um, this is kind of all through Chevy. So, um, we will, some Tuesdays we'll go and play soccer. Some Tuesdays we'll go race go-karts, um, at the local go-kart track. Um, and some days tomorrow we're going to play pickleball. So it really changes per week, but, um, I'm in the gym three days, three days a week. I run every single weekend. Um, I'm a big runner. Um, actually by the, by the end of the year, I want to run a marathon. So, that's a goal of mine that I, that I want to achieve. Um, but, um, yeah, keeping, keeping in shape and mentally and physically is super important in the sport. Even though you're just driving a race car, there's a lot more to it than, than that. And, um, the mental side of it's really important, especially when you get into the higher levels, everyone has that special talent. So you got to find ways to differentiate yourself and make yourself better. And, um, I've learned that the mental side of that is a lot of, a lot of where you can find, uh, more in yourself. So, um, just recently I've been working a lot on, on that for myself, but, um, doing all the things that I can to, to keep myself in a tip top shape and, uh, make, make myself the best that I can be. Awesome. Um, so I want to give you an opportunity to thank anybody you want to thank it's sponsors, family, uh, race organization. So, um, just because I know that you've probably had a lot of help along the way and it's awesome to see your success so far. Yeah, yeah. Without without my par parents, family, um, I'd be nothing. So um, first off, thank you to my mom and dad for for sticking with me and uh, being my biggest supporters. My dad, he uh, he works his tail off to to put me in put me in situations that I'm in and give me the opportunities that I have. So without him, I'd be uh, I'd be nowhere. And uh, he drives the RV on the weekends where we are driving to the racetrack. So, uh, I'm super fortunate to have him and, and thankful to have him by my side um, through everything. And uh, I have a lot of teams. Obviously, I race with Silverhair Racing and TA2, and um, they've given me the opportunity of a lifetime to, to show my talent. Um, my teammates, Maurice Hull, um, he's 70 years old, um, and he still go, goes out there and uh, tries to kick my butt. Um, but he's, uh, he's still figuring it out. I, I help him a lot, and uh, he helps me a lot. So... Um, it's a, it's a fun time spending time with him and racing for his team. Um, and then on the MX five cup side of things, I race with Hickson motorsports, Brian Hickson is the team owner there. Um, owning a team has always been his passion. So, um, being able to race for him and 
have the opportunity to race for him. He's an awesome guy and um, has started an awesome team with Shea Holbrook. Um, Shea used to race in the W Series and uh, grew up racing Lamborghini Super Trofeo, and she manages the team, and she's done a lot for me as well. So um, to Shea and and Brian, thank you guys for everything that you've done for me. Um, And then obviously Chevrolet, kind of just bringing me in under their wing and um, showing me the ropes of the oval world and, and giving me the opportunities that I've had. Um, they've been, they've been awesome to me. So to have them, um, supporting me is, is, is a blessing. And, uh, I'm just thankful for everyone that's been along my journey and and been here to support me. It all means a lot to me and, uh, hopefully I can make something of it. Yeah, I am. I'm actually looking forward to, um, how how do people find out like where you're going to be racing? Do you have a schedule or something like that? I have a schedule. Um, the best way is just following my Facebook or Instagram. Um, they're both my name. Um, at Connor Zilish on Instagram and Connor Zilish Racing on Facebook. Um, I try and keep everyone updated on where I'm at and what I'm doing on, on those social medias. Um, it gets busy, though. Sometimes I don't even know where I'm racing the next weekend. So um, trying to keep everyone informed, it gets tough at times. But I, I do my best on those to keep everyone who wants to be um, interested or wants to, wants to know what I'm doing. I try and keep them informed. So um, to the best of my ability, obviously. Yeah, well, I I intend on um, traveling to find you someplace. That'd be and, awesome, and catch you, catch you at a race, awesome. and then maybe get some time with you. So that'd be cool. Yeah, for sure. Well, Connor, um, I really appreciate your time. I know you're busy. I'm so happy that we found this yeah, time, I'm glad and I really am excited to see you in person at some place soon. So I'll be checking out your um, Facebook page. So thank Perfect. you. Thank you for having me. I want to thank you for listening to Driven to Compete. It's been a pleasure sharing this episode, and I hope we've provided some inspiration and entertainment along the way. If you like the content, please share and like, but I have one ask for everyone listening. I would appreciate more than anything to add you to my weekly newsletter. Simply visit my website, driventocompete.com, and you'll see a form to get on my newsletter where I share exclusive content and giveaway swag. 